Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living Magazine. And today I'm talking to a young artist from a small town in Georgia who beat some very long odds to find his way to stardom. Dalton Dover started out singing in church, where his grandfather encouraged him to take the stage. But in high school, he lost his best friend and music partner to a tragic car accident, and he later dropped out when his girlfriend became pregnant. He decided to try a career in country music not only to fulfill a dream and support his family, but also to honor his friend's memory. And while he may have the voice and Blake Shelton to thank for taking his career to the next level, it's his own voice and talent that have truly helped get him where he is. And just a note, we recorded this interview the day after the University of Georgia beat TCU to win their second national championship in a row. So my guest was a little bit hoarse from pulling for the Bulldogs. Well, Dalton Dover, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. So good to be here, man. Well, Dalton, my first question is an easy one. How about those Bulldogs? Man, look, my voice is almost gone right now from screaming at the TV. So if that tells you anything, go dogs, baby. Come on. (laughs) So has Georgia football been a big part of your life? Listen, man, if it's the CMAs or the Georgia Bulldogs, it's almost like the Super Bowl is on at the house. (laughs) Since I was just a kid, my grandma... She'd blare the dogs game on Saturday. Every time they played, they'd be blaring on the TV. So that's all I know. I've been a dog since I was born, man. That's great. That's great. Well, you guys have had a great run. So congrats on that. What have the last two years meant to you to see your team up on top? It's really awesome because I don't really get to talk about this much, but I'm from Polk County, Georgia. So the next city over, which is Cedartown, Georgia, that's where Nick Chubb is from. So me and Nick Chubb are from the same kind of county. So it's pretty cool, you know, to kind of see him go to where he's gone in football and just watching him play for the dogs, man. It's freaking amazing, dude, you know? so. <laughs> well, so do y'all have any big traditions when it comes to watching games? I mean, does the whole family get together or are there certain things y'all like to cook? Normally, it just depends, man. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would cook, like, they would make some wings, and we would order pizza, and the family would come over. But now, it's kind of like, we've all got our own family. So, you know, if we decide to get together with each other, we do. But if not, we're dialing each other's phones every touchdown they make. (laughs) (laughs) I'm familiar with that. I've got family all over the place, so the phones are pinging when the the game's on. Yes, sir. Well, so... What are some of the dishes that y'all make at home? What are some things that make you think of home when it comes to food? Man, my grandma makes a killer vegetable soup with cornbread. You know, I guess just your typical country cooking, man. Pinto beans and cornbread, the typical stuff, really. Did you grow up in a family where cooking was a big deal? 
my family, my mom, my grandma, my wife, my aunt, they all can cook. So like it was always just kind of like not really a big deal, but like the food was always amazing. So we never complained. If you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said your grandmother was a big cook. I mean, when you think of her cooking specifically, what do you think of? Man, pinto beans and cornbread. She cooks the best. So, Dalton, you grew up in a little town called Aragon, Georgia. Aragon, Georgia, yes, sir. Uh, which is not too far from Rome. Tell me a little bit about your hometown, what it was like growing up there. Man, it's a super small town, you know, just your typical small town. But I think the one thing that was special about Aragon was we don't have a red lot. We have one Dollar General. We have a thing called the Aragon Village. That's where most of everybody in Aragon lives, and that's it. When you go in Dollar General, you know everybody even the manager. So it was pretty easy to get a job, you know? So that's just how it's always been, dude. Aragon's just, it's a special place. A lot of my songs are influenced by it. So. So paint a picture for me when you're driving into town. Um, I mean, you said there's not, there's not a whole lot. <laughs> no, it's not flashy. Does it feel like a kind of a suburban community? So picture this, you're driving into Aragon, Georgia. You got a vacant store right here. That's not been open in about 10 years. You got a store right here that looks like it might should be shut down. The parking lot's not that pretty. You keep going. You got a little pond right here. This grass grew up all around it. You keep going. You got the police station. There might be one cop car in front of it. And then right behind the police station, you got the Aragon Village, which is just little houses, not nothing fancy, just little houses. And you keep going. And then you got some storage buildings. We got one little restaurant in Aragon, and it's called J.C. Snack Shack. It's one of my favorite places. One of my good friends owns the place. I mean, that's it. There's nothing flashy about it. You have to come down and hang out. I think I do. <laughs> I think I do. What's your favorite thing on the menu at J.C.'s Snack Shack? Man, they got a garlic cheeseburger that's pretty bomb. <laughs> so, Dalton, you've got a wife and two beautiful kids there. Yes, sir. Do you all have a lot of extended family there as well? We do, man. My mom, my grandma, my uncles, my aunts, all my cousins, my brother and sister. I can walk out my front door and walk to my mom's house with no problem. Lately, you've been spending a lot of time in Nashville. Yes, sir. And making a lot of trips up there. Y'all ever think about moving there? So far, it's just worked out for me being able to drive back and forth. I got two babies to think about in the situation, so... I'm not in that big of a hurry just because it's not been a problem, but definitely I want to move there eventually. Yeah, yeah. The gravitational pull of Nashville is strong, right? It is, but luckily it's all worked out perfect. The ride's not bad at all, and it just works out great. Yeah. So I know that you've said that your father was not really a big part of your life, but you were very close to your grandfather. Talk to me a little bit about what that relationship was like. Well, you know, it's always just been really strong. Me and my grandpa, he's my ride or die. Literally, when I hang up with you guys here, I'll probably be on the phone with him. He's taught me a lot of things and things that only a dad could teach a son, you know. He's been that man in my life, and he taught me to be able to be the man in my son's eyes, you know. So, What's his name, and what's his story? My grandpa's name is Vance, Vance Stiles. He's a pulpwooder. He's been pulpwooding all his life. He's always drove a truck, and He's probably one of the strongest men that I've ever met in my life. And I'm not just saying that because he's my grandpa. If you meet him, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But he's just a real special man, dude. So 
I understand he's pretty musical too. What are some things that he taught you about music? He's one of the reasons that I love country music the way I do. Country music's always been around, but he never let me go anywhere else. Like he introduced me to Marty Robbins. He introduced me to Elvis Presley. He introduced me to Keith Whitley. Man, when I heard Don't Close Your Eyes for the first time, I was hooked. And so he was a big Keith Whitley fan? Yes, sir. Does he play an instrument or was he more just surrounded by music all the time? So my grandpa played guitar. Well, he still plays guitar. I remember growing up in church and I didn't play guitar then, but my grandpa loved when I sang with him. And that really influenced me to get start singing on stage and singing at talent shows and stuff. But my grandpa would call me up there or I would just sit up there beside him on the church stage and watch him play guitar and watch him sing these songs. And then eventually it was me playing guitar and singing these songs right beside him. And still to this day, like Nashville can be hectic sometimes. So whenever I'm at home resting and stuff, I love just going back to church and playing with him just like old times. You know, Dalton, I've interviewed a lot of country artists who have said that their love of music and performing started with the church. And I'm just curious, you know, tell me about your church and what does it look like? Like, what does a typical service look like when you walk in there? We're Southern Baptists, nothing fancy. You don't have to wear suits. You don't have to wear dress shoes. That's all I've ever known. So, you know, I really don't know anything different. Everybody's there to praise Jesus, and that's it. And music is a huge part of the service? Definitely, you know, like, we love to sing some I Fly Away, you know? (laughs) Was there a particular song or a hymn that really had a lot of meaning to you? Whenever I was a kid, I started singing this song called Sweet Beulah Land. I heard a guy named Red Marlowe sing that song. He's an amazing artist. Whenever I was probably 13 years old, and it never fails. I, churches from all around would call us and want us to come sing for them or something like that. And we would go, and that song was always one that they wanted to hear. We started singing at so many churches that they started calling me the altar boy. I'm not <laughs> sure why, but that's what they would call me. So Sweet Be the Land was definitely a big requested song. Sing. If you don't mind my asking, how does that song go? It's like, I'm kind of homesick. For a country. And if I wasn't screaming at the dogs last night, I'd get my guitar out there and play it for you. But my voice (laughs) is not 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds beautiful. Well, so Dalton, you had kind of a bumpy road as a teenager. You dropped out of high school to welcome a daughter and start a family. I'm wondering if your grandfather played a big role in just kind of helping you to get through that? For sure. You know, like at the time, they didn't agree with me. They didn't want me to do that. But I just felt like I had no other choice. I was welcoming my baby girl into the world and I knew I just had to make money somehow. I couldn't depend on my mom. She had her own bills, you know, so I had to step up and do what I had to do. Even though nobody really agreed with me, they all was there for me, praying for my success and My whole family played a big part in getting me through those times, and no way was it easy, but we made it through it pretty good. Do you feel like that experience has helped give you kind of a perspective that really makes you kind of beyond your years and and has helped you as a songwriter and and trying to connect with people? A thousand percent, man. There was times where I didn't even know if I was going to be able to pay the power bill, you know, or even pay the rent. I was working a job making $9 an hour. You know, I was not making that good of money. 
I would play shows, but my shows really wouldn't pay that much because nobody was coming to see me, you know? So it definitely made me beyond my years for sure. I always listen to older songs. So whenever it comes to my songwriting, it definitely inspires my songwriting. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about your music a little bit. And and you said that uh, one of the first songs that you learned to play on the guitar was uh, Don't Close Your Eyes by Keith Whitley. Yes, sir. What, what was it about that song and his music that resonated with you? Man, it was the lyrics. It was the way that he sang them. It was the passion behind them. When you listen to a Keith Whitley record, you can hear his love for country music. You can you can hear his love for what he does, man. And when I heard that, I'll never forget the first time hearing Don't Close Your Eyes, man. I got chills all over my body, and I was like, man, this is what I want to do. You know, and I still sing that song today. Well, Dalton, I know that one of the first people that you played that song with was your brother-in-law, Brandon, who you lost in a car accident. Yes, sir. And that had to be a really difficult period for you. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your connection with him and, and how that kind of helped you get started? So I really don't get to talk about this much often either as much as I'd like, but he heavily influenced me. He played guitar also. So I remember watching him play guitar and be like, man, how do you do that? He would just be playing these licks. And I would wonder how in the world he does that because I would look at my fingers and my mind would not allow me to pick up the guitar and do that for so long. And it pissed me off so bad. And I wanted to just, I wanted to play guitar. And one day we went out in the yard and I don't know if you're familiar with, they had, I don't know if they still do or not, but they had guitar tabs then. And it had like G and you can move the tabs up and down the guitar net. My mom and my grandpa bought me a guitar. It was just a cheap Fender guitar. He put them tabs in there. He said, now do this. And I just could not get it. And one day I lost my job. There was no plan B. I went and got me a Martin guitar from Guitar Center. I sat at home for a week. I learned G, C, and D, and I started playing Don't Close Your Eyes. Uh. And I called Brandon, and he just could not believe it. So from then moving forward, I just sat down, and I watched everybody that was playing guitar around me. I wanted to be just as good, if not better, than them. And I'm not going to say I'm better than them, but, I mean, I can hang in there with them for sure. (laughs) (laughs) What year was it that you lost him? It was 2015 when he passed. It was a really insane time just because, like, that was my best friend, you know. We all have a best friend that, like, we talk to more than anybody. That was my person. When he passed, man, it was just like, I didn't have that anymore. But I always had the music that we shared. Mm. And I always had the connection there. And two weeks before he passed, we sat down in my living room. Not in this exact house, but the house that I lived in at the time. And we recorded, just on a voice memo on iPhone 4, we recorded Nobody in His Right Mind by George Strait. I still have that, and I listen to it often. It was just me and him and two guitars singing, and that was the last time that me and him ever sang together. And luckily, I still got that today, but he was my ride or die, man. He was, that's my boy. Do you think that Brandon ever dreamed that you'd be where you are now, opening for Luke Combs, singing in stadiums? Well, we told each other when we was in the eighth grade, we wanted to do music. We didn't know how we was going to get there. We didn't know how many bars we was going to play music in for $100. We just knew this is what we wanted to do. And I remember to this day, we shook each other's hand and we said, if you make it, I'll make it. But if I make it, you'll make it. You know, and I still, I, we made it. You know, I feel like we made it. We're definitely not where I want to be, but I think it might get there. 
I'll be back with more from Dalton Dover after the break. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with the Georgia singer-songwriter Dalton Dover. Well, Dalton, I want to ask you about the voice. Your path to music really started with a talent show when you were in fifth grade or so. But, I mean, this is a talent show on one of the biggest stages there is. (laughs) How did you find the confidence to try out for that? We had some friends that really loved the voice. I remember when I was in fifth grade, people telling me to go do the voice, and I just never did. But it was in 2019, the beginning of 2019, a couple of our friends sent us the link to auditions in Atlanta. I really did not think I was going to make it. I was like, man, look, I'm fine being a bar band. Like, I'm cool with that. You know, like, I'm fine entertaining these couple people, making a couple hundred dollars. I'm good. Well, we went, we stood in the line. I didn't know any of the producers. I didn't know anybody. It was me, my best friend, and then my wife. We stood in the line for probably six hours until I got an audition. And I walked into the room. And at the time, I think Tennessee Whiskey, Chris Stapleton just had freshly performed that on stage. And I walked in, and I know that I butchered. I feel like I butchered the song. (laughs) Not to them I didn't, but to me I felt like I did. And like, dude, they gave me the ticket and they was like, here you go. And my mind was blown. I never thought that I was going to be able to do something like that. Man, just a couple times back to Atlanta after that. And they flew me out to L.A. for the first time. And I done my blind audition, which was insane. You were off to the races. (laughs) That's what you call it. (laughs) So you ended up on Team Blake, of course, with Blake Shelton. What has that relationship been like for you? I mean, have you gotten to know him pretty well? We don't get to talk as often as I would like to, obviously, but he's always there. I feel like Blake's always just watching me. He always watches me from a distance, you know? So, Dalton, you were performing at Blake's club in Nashville called Old Red when he called you up on the big screen and he asked you to perform at the Grand Ole Opry. (laughs) What was that moment like for you? Holy crap, dude. You just had to have been there to feel the energy in the room. I played Old Red Orlando and Old Red Gatlinburg, and I ended my residency in Old Red Nashville. Well, everybody was acting really weird for some reason. My manager was even acting weird. And I was like, what's going on? My band was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. They didn't know anything either. So we're playing my song, You Got a Small Town. It's the first song on our set. Right after the song was done, the phone started ringing. And I knew when the phone rang that Blake was calling in, right? So when I seen Blake on the screen, I felt like I knew what was going to happen. I just started crying. I'm a big baby, dude. So I just started crying. <laughs> it was really cool. I thought I might have seen a few tears in the in the video. <laughs> Man, there was a lot. So what did it mean to stand in that circle and perform at the Opry? Words just really don't do it justice. It was almost like, how can a stage feel like this? I played a lot of stages. 
And I've never stepped on a stage or walked into a building that has that, I don't know, man, it's almost just magical to a country artist like me, man. Like, this is my dream, you know? So I'm walking out here and I step in the circle for the first time and I look out at the ocean of people and I see my mom, see my wife, my two kids were there. My grandpa of everybody sitting right there. And man, I feel like Keith, Willie and Brandon were just standing right out there with me. If that tells you anything. Almost better than a national championship, huh? <laughs> it was a lot better than that, but hey, we love them both. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to ask you about some of your songs, Dalton. You released a song called Baby I Am in 2021 that was a big hit, and it got a lot of attention on social media. And I don't think you wrote this one, but it's this kind of big emotional ballad, and it just is made for your voice. Tell me how you ended up recording that song and and what kind of response you've gotten from fans. So whenever I first started coming into Nashville, I didn't know anybody but my producer, Matt McVie. We had been working together for a few weeks, and we was looking for songs. At the time, I didn't even know what an outside song was. I told him, I said, just want great songs. I wasn't writing a lot at home. And at the time, I didn't have a publishing deal. So he called me one day. He's like, man, I got these two songs. He said, I got a song called You Got a Small Town, and I got a song called Baby I Am. And he said, I just want you to listen to them. If you don't like them, cool. But if you listen to them and you love them, we can cut them. And I listened to both of those songs, and Baby I Am just stood out to me, man, because nobody had done that before. So I was just like, man, I love that. Luckily, I got the song. And that song, Baby I Am, was actually written by Nate Smith. He's one of my buddies now. But at the time, I was just like, wow, I love this. Let's go. Baby I Am, Baby I Am, falling even deeper in love. With every single kiss from your lips, you're driving me crazy. Every time you touch me, baby, I'm, baby, I know you're the only one that I need. And if you wonder if I'm a be your love you till the day I die, kind of man, baby, I'm, baby, I am. Whoa. So, have you been writing a lot in the last year or so? Yes, sir. I signed a publishing deal with Sony Publishing, and it's been wonderful over there, but I never knew that I could write so many songs. I've written some really wonderful songs. I've written some trashy songs. I've written some good ones, some bad ones, and, you know, just some great ones. So these last few weeks, I really haven't been writing a lot, but definitely early last year and in the middle of last year, I was nonstop writing every day in Nashville. Well, you know, one great song that you wrote is called Damn Good Life. Yeah. It came out a few months ago, and it sounds kind of like an anthem for you. I've just got to say, it's a really nice reminder to kind of appreciate the good things in life. Talk to me about what spawned that song. So Alex Maxwell was a guy that I frequently write with, one of my best friends in town. We got in a room with our buddy Jackson Free, and I was like, man, there's so many sad songs that get written every day. And man, we got in the room and we started tossing out ideas. And I was like, look, I got this idea. It might be stupid. You might hate it, but it's just a title called Damn Good Life. We didn't know how to write it, but it wrote itself, man. We wrote that song in like 45 minutes to an hour. We wanted to forget about all the negativity. We wanted to like, man, look, you got a roof over your head, money in the bank, you got food on the table, you got a damn good life, you know, because there's people that don't have that. I feel like I hear that often, that the best songs sometimes will just kind of fall out like that in an hour. Yes, sir. Up and I'm still breathing. Got more than I'm ever gonna need it. Took time out the day to thank 
cash on the car and the strings on the soul guitar. I come home to a damn good wife. Man, I got a damn good, damn good life. Well, it's a great song, and it's a really nice way to start 2023. Speaking of which, what are some of your plans for this year? I got some new music that I'm really excited about. We're releasing a song called Giving Up On That that I'm so excited about. It's going to be my debut single at Universal. I'm hoping to maybe get played on the radio for the first time. Well, it's going to be a great year, to say the least. Well, Dawson, I just have one more question for you. Yeah. What does it mean to you to be Southern? It's my only way of life, man. There's no, there's no other way of living. You know, this means everything. Well, I wish you the best, and you got a big future ahead of you. You got a lot of fans that are excited about what you're doing, and you're making some great music. Man, I really appreciate it, Sid. Well, Dalton Dover, thanks so much for being on Biscuits and Jam. Thank you for having me, brother. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dalton Dover. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Our theme song is by Sean Watkins of Nickel Creek. I hope you'll join us next week for my interview with Danielle Bradbury, another young country star who found success on The Voice. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.